and welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host as always, Erin Pym. And today, I'm actually not in our studio. I am back in the library for people who have been long-term, long-time listeners of uh, the Bedpost Podcast. I used to record here, um, and I'm really happy to be back because this room is really weird and fabulous. And in this weird and fabulous room, I have two very special guests. It is a threesome today, y'all. And Lord knows I like the group sex. <laughs> but today we're not fucking. Today we're talking about fucking. <laughs> and I got uh, I got two Jessicas in the house. I have creators and stars of the feature film Jessica Jessica, Jessica Greco, and Jessica Hinkson. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hi, hello. Hello. We should warn you it's a short film, so people might yes. be disappointed if they think it's a feature film. <laughs> Disappointed. It's not a feature film, it's a short film. It's the first time a feature has ever been in 12 minutes and 52 long. seconds long. <laughs> like a lot. In those 12 minutes, it's as if it's a feature You'll film. You feel that way when you feel the <laughs> And Jessica Greco, yes. you have, because you're both going to name Jessica, so I'm going to use your full. Can I have your middle names too? Is that in? <laughs> What's your middle name? Lynn. Oh, I'm Corbett, so that's going to be. Jessica Corbett Greco. Yeah. Oh my God. Jessica Lynn Hankson. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. I can. I can get into it. Jessica Greco. You also wrote it. Yes. 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 Where? Let's just talk just in general for people. What is this film about? Oh, okay. Uh, the film is. About... <laughs> oh God. Oh. I, I didn't expect you to oh, ask me that. Um, <laughs> the movie is about two women in their very late thirties with the same name, mm-hmm. uh, who are. Um, not married, who are single, who are not failures necessarily, but they're not mothers, and they're both named Jessica. <laughs> they're not failures, but they're not mothers. Yeah, that seems to be a real uh, <laughs> equating thing in this society. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but if you don't have a baby, there is something wrong with your life choices up until this point, if you've made it to nearly 40 and, and uh, not had children. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with having children, but there does definitely feel like that is a a pervasive theme within culture. Yes. Um, so anyway, we ca- we catch up with these women one morning, essentially, sort of as the sun is rising, and Jess Hinkson's character is waking up next to a gentleman who is essentially a one-night stand. Yes. Not that he knows he's a one-night stand, but he's a one-night stand, and she's trying to sort of get him out of the house and uh, corral him. And my character uh, is sitting out front of her ex-boyfriend's house, uh, contemplating her choices when he finds her there. Yeah, when he comes out. When he comes out to find her there. And so then we follow these two women sort of on their parallel journeys throughout the course of the morning, and they end up together. Yeah. At the end of which, sort of in each other's arms, so to speak. Yeah. Where did the idea to create this short film come out of for both of you? From myself. Yes. Jessica Hinkson. Yes, Jessica Hinkson. Uh, <laughs> Jess was, well, we went to theater school in New York City back in 1999. That's how we actually met. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I moved to Toronto, which was about, what, 14 years ago now, 
when we actually reconnected and you know we've been friends for a long time and we have talked about like oh it would be so much fun to work together and she was on her way to Sundance a couple years ago mm. with the film Anti-Birth and it came to me for some reason at that point in time that we should create something together so that we can work together instead of waiting for it to present itself you know in another situation like why not be in control and power of something mm-hmm. so I phoned and left her a message as she was like literally on her way there and uh, there was some radio silence it's kind of our process so it's cool it's what it's happens also in another country at two different film festivals so. <laughs> she had to focus yeah. I get it <laughs> and uh, and I thought you know uh, I left her a voicemail and I just said, I've got this great idea, we should do this, and we should call it Jessica Jessica. Mm-hmm. And then a couple weeks later, we sort of started talking about it, and then, you know, um, Jess said yes. And, uh, <laughs> yes to the Jess. Yes, yes to, to the Jess. <laughs> and then from there is kind of how things and how the process really started to us finding um, what Jessica Jessica actually became. Mm-hmm. This movie is about this. It's about sex. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yes. <laughs> sex and friendship. It's about sex yeah. and friendship. Yes, yes yeah. exactly. Um, does that uh, kind of reflect how y'all are in your lives, your sex lives? Yeah. I mean, the, the story was born out of us just, you know, being ladies, drinking wine or having brunch and shooting the shit and, telling ridiculous stories and stuff that you would put in the vault and go like, I'm going to tell you this, but you, if you even look at me one day, I can see in your eyes that you're thinking about it, never speaking to you again, (laughs) which is essentially what happened. And then Jess called me and said, so I have this great idea. Don't hang up. You know, that story that you told me that said, never repeat this. Let's make it available (laughs) to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I've got the opening shot and, uh, you're sitting on the sidewalk at yeah. 6 a.m. Yeah. Chain smoking. Yeah. And there was silence. There was nose. A lot of nose. And yeah, because then... I didn't know that it was a story. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I think that sometimes you think things are just anecdotes that are funny to you. Mm. But are they really a story? Or is this going to be me just putting my business out there and expecting everyone to congratulate me on yeah, it? Yeah, a masturbatory type of a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And was it funny? Or was it going to yeah. come off as like a sad tale of like womanhood that I didn't want to contribute to? So I had a lot of apprehension around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and wasn't going to write it in the first place. That was sort of a secondary thing that happened too. Yeah, but... At at this point, we had actually brought someone on to write the screenplay, mm-hmm. and then we, as we're kind of figuring out where where we wanted to go and what story we actually wanted to tell, we had this like brain explosion of, oh, we're actually the best people to represent our voices. <laughs> I mean, funny that that's weird, just such right? a like weird little. Mm. So that's sort of what happened. And to go back to what Jess is talking about, where. You have these real life happenings, mm-hmm. as Jess talking about with you know um, being outside her ex boyfriend's house and stuff. Is it interesting enough? Is it masturbatory? Is it all those things? Well, a lot of the time when we tell our stories to our friends, it's interesting because it's your friend or it's funny or you relate to it. But for the sake of story, it's that's where you change and you shift things and you elevate for mm-hmm. the sake of story. Like it's not actually verbatim. 
yeah. what happened in your life. No. Yeah. No. So, so your real life sex story around this was was adapted for cinema. Absolutely. Yes. For sure. Yeah. 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 No yeah. real people were hurt in the making of this. <laughs> Great. Uh, short film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Um, but as we were saying, they definitely were inspired by yes. your real life yeah. your real life moments, right? Do you, Do you have a moment that uh, your kind of character's uh, story was inspired by? Yes. Um, Jess Hinkson? Yeah. Jess Lynn Hinkson? <laughs> Thank you for using my full name. Uh, yes, uh, my story too was inspired from real life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and your story, tell, tell us a little bit about it. I Either if you want to tell us the origin moment or uh, just talk about kind of that scene in the film. Well, it's, you know, going out, having a lot to drink uh, <laughs> the night before. And not that that always happens, but this guy and I had had this dance for a while. And that night happened to be the night that he came home with me. Yeah. And being in your 30s and still being single and lonely or not lonely but wanting to have sex because sex is amazing yeah uh you go and you do that and go and get it girl you go and get it yeah yes like i say in the movie she may be single but she is not a lonely Joni mitchell album. <laughs> she's talking about her vagina at that point in yes the movie oh yes forgot <laughs> to refer my vagina, vagina. <laughs> yes. blowing sage smoke up into your yeah you gotta like clean house yeah. sometimes you know what i'm saying i i, I feel you yeah I feel what you're dealing with. <laughs> right? So, but then at, in the morning, it's kind of like, thank you. That was great. Thank you but and goodbye. Yes. It's time for you to go. <laughs> no, let's cuddle. No, let's yeah, have let's, coffee. Let's have no. coffee. What do you let's, mean but you want I, me to go? You know what? what do you I don't, mean? It's, I'm good, actually. I don't yeah. need to play house. You don't need to, like, hold me. And not that, like, I don't love a good spoon because I love a solid spoon. Yeah. But I, there's also that, that part of me that's like, no, it, that was great. I loved it. It was fun. My vagina thanks you. Yeah. But that was the thing. I, that was yeah. the thing I needed. Yeah. Not Not the coffee and yeah. the, you know, If I'm going to get a husband, then... I'm going to get a husband, but you are not that guy. <laughs> yeah. And what I, what I love about, uh, this film and the casting of the dudes, mm -hmm. they're babes. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes they babes. are. They're like bro style bro babes. babes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was that a conscious choice to make them be this kind of, uh, archetypal good looking dude? It was more about, uh, the guys themselves, Troy and Greg, and us knowing them, you know, Greg and Jess have been friends yeah. for a long time. Mm -hmm. Troy and I have been friends for a long time. And mm -hmm. the parts were kind of actually written for them because of, ah. they're just awesome guys. Yeah. And we knew that they would be great for the parts. And we wanted, you know, it was vulnerable for us um, to tell these stories. And we wanted to feel safe. And uh, so having Troy and Greg, it was kind of, yeah, it was more about them and who they were to us as opposed to the stereotype. And we wanted these guys to show that uh, within the film that, you know, just because it didn't work out doesn't mean that they are this guy that you're going to put into a category. Like so many women have been put into categories of she's this girl or like he's a bad guy or anything like that we still wanted them to be likable we just wanted it to be like well it didn't work out for these human beings mm -hmm. and it's too bad or maybe you think like oh well that guy's you know we understand why it didn't work out but we still wanted you to walk away with like a complete story mm -hmm. um he he's not to, just a fuck boy yeah not being a gross stereotype yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 
we didn't want the boys to be um, villains or, mm-hmm. um, you know, douchebags. We just write them off right off the jump. I, to be honest with you, I do think that the babe thing was sort of subconsciously intentional because there's this idea that you have, like, if he's handsome and he likes you, mm-hmm. then that should be the end of your standard. Like, he's a really good-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be... <laughs> there's a there's a grandfather clock. Is this picking up? I hope. There's a grandfather clock in this library. Just <laughs> in this weird, quirky library that might go off every 15 minutes, because that has been what has happened so far. We got it at 1.30 and we're getting it at quarter to two. I can't wait. I'm going to try and time my next response to I love how we all just stopped and took a pause. To it like... feels very <laughs> ominous when a grandfather <laughs> clock goes off. So it's like, we love the boys. The boys are wonderful. The boys are great. Yeah, but they won't. I'm going to try. We're going to try and go on. Go, okay, on. go back. We'll try. But no, I just, I liked the idea that um, we didn't write them off because they weren't attractive. We didn't write them off because they were douchebags. They were, they were three-dimensional, handsome mm-hmm guys that you could easily understand why these women would go to bed with them mm-hmm. but you also understand why they're not the dudes that they should end up with in a long-term situation mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and not and from your scene um uh just hankson <laughs> um i i you're kind of saying this is, you know it may not have worked out between these two in my kind of perspective and watching it, I was like, or did it? Because that was kind of, it was what it was. Yeah. yeah. And it, like, for your character specifically, it did work out for her. It was like, great. You know, and, and I think uh, the way you guys kind of ended that scene in that kind of playful, you know, it was like, no, get out, no, get out. But then it was like, okay, well, I'll see you, I'll see you next time or I'll see you later kind of thing, right? <laughs> yes. Like, that... Um, made me believe that it was a success, you know, a quote unquote successful sexual encounter. Uh, you did both like get out what you wanted to get out of it. Yeah. Which was some good sex, some 6.5 sex. Yeah. <laughs> serious, she's clearly lying. Eh? Some like, seriously average sex. She says that, but I've seen the twinkle. I feel like she's downplaying it every time. She's like, it was fine. It was whatever. But you also do that because especially when you say to yourself, I'm not going to do that anymore because you want to find a committed relationship and it's not just going to be, you know, there's a lot of, you're like, yeah, it was fine. But secretly it's like, God damn, that was hot. That was good though. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. It was so like, that's kind of an intentional choice for, for her to say, oh, well, it wasn't that good. To, to kind of give herself permission to, like, not dwell on that. Yes. Perhaps. Yeah. 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 Do you guys feel like it just in general, good-looking dudes, and I'm talking about, like, real good-looking dudes, yeah. are not that great in bed? Um, well, interesting you say that. <laughs> what have you got to say about that? I feel like, yeah, I think that really good-looking dudes, super fit Yes, yeah. Dudes, like, yeah. like dudes who, like, CrossFit is, like, the dream. Yeah. Like, those guys, that, that sort of artifice is super, super important. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think they have as much of a skill set. Yeah, in bed. because why do you think? Because they're relying on the fact that they're, you know, look great with their shirt off or have a giant dick or are so handsome. And so because of that, that's really all they're bringing to the table. And I've never had to learn anything else in terms of being a good partner in bed and so they just assume that like because i'm here you're thrilled because up until this point i've hadn't had to work that hard to get anyone into bed because i'm so abercrombie attractive yeah i feel like this person uh, these kinds of people might might get away with a lot and might do all right in life you know because of (laughs) they're solid sevens they're like solid in bed yeah like you're
you're one. It's one of those things where, like, I'm pleased when I've slept with someone like that. Yes. Because it feels good for my ego. Thank you. Yes, me too. It totally is, like, self-gratifying to be like, look how hot shit I am that I'm pulling down these, like, ridiculously attractive people. <laughs> yeah. But they're never the best sex that I've had. Yes. Never. Right. I have actually not slept with, like, the CrossFit workout bodybuilder <laughs> I mean, you guy. you should do it. I mean, um, do it once. Yeah, you should, everyone <laughs> I just, should do it once. I have not ever looked at those guys and been like, you would be hot in bed. Yeah. They, like, the guys who are outdoorsy, who are naturally, like, fit, mm-hmm. they're a great time in bed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Outdoorsy yeah. type. Yeah. I mean, not that, not that we're stereotyping. <laughs> But we are stereotyping because yeah. it's men and we can do that. And, and it's personal and taste. It's personal you know. taste. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> well, let's throw them to the wolves a bit. Why not? Yeah, like they can take it, right? Yeah. Let's just. Yeah. Sorry, guys. The standards are way different for them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we're, Jesus. We're allowed to make fun of men, okay? We are. <laughs> like, Absolutely. It's our turn. Yeah, it's our turn, please. One thing uh, that Jess Greco, you and I were talking about just pre-filming is that your this film is through a female lens. Yes. You, Jess Greco, you wrote it. Both of you are the creators of it. You're both starring in it. Um, you're so it's how it's women portraying women, mm-hmm. right? And your audience, you were saying, is women as well. You want women to love this, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously it would be nice if everyone loved it, but I don't think that this is going to be a story that resonates with everyone. Mm -hmm. However, I do, I have, the people who have loved it predominantly are women, Mm -hmm. sort of in this demographic, and um, I feel like they feel seen and related to. Like, when you Mm -hmm. go to a screening, we've been to a few at festivals, and you hear people react in the film. Like, they talk back to the screening. Oh, I love that. Like what? Saying what or at what moment? or or. So true. <laughs> so true. Too real. Too real. Too real. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's and, amazing. And also, uh, we were at Lake Shorts International Film yeah. Festival, and we were both at the screening, and afterwards, like, all these women were coming up and pulling us aside, and and especially Jess with saying, I, you know, this happened to me, and I've never told anybody before, and so they want to have the conversation, yeah. and, like, people, women coming up to me and saying, you've got balls. I can't believe you said that. I wish I could say that. And I was like, just say it. Yeah. Like be bold. Yeah. It's okay to say what you want and what you need. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's a, I feel like we can, can I tip my hand on this? So there's a point in the, there's a point in the film where I shit my pants. (laughs) I I mean, I was going to let you decide to say it like that. I appreciate that. See, this is friendship right here. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate that. Thank you for giving me my space to decide. But uh, there's a point in the film where I shit my pants. Uh, and, and let's be clear. I mean, it really was that, like, gross-out factor, like, sex comedy moment that we kind of thought we would just go for and, and see how it sat in the final cut, which really worked out. Yes. But um, uh, uh, it was sort of shot in such a way that we also kind of wanted it to be beautiful, like, the whole film to be beautiful, even though there were these things happening. So I shit my pants in the film, and what I find is, yeah, after screenings, People want to come up to me, especially women, and tell me they're shitting their pants. <laughs> they all feel like you put it out there, and now I can share it with one other yes. person. Yes. Which, to be clear, is the story that I told Jessica and said, put it in the vault. 
Do never not repeat tell it. Never. a soul. No, we are never going to repeat this again. And that's when she was like, but I think we should make a short film out of it. About you should. Yeah, about so. you should. That t- remember that time where you got caught sitting outside your ex-boyfriend's apartment and you shit his pants? <laughs> you shit, you, yeah, it was his pants. His actually. pants you were wearing. Yeah. I, was wear- I was actually wearing his pants at the time and I did shit in those. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I have two friends that have great shitting in pants stories. And we just like, oh, those stories can come out anytime any place and it they just everyone in the room is just a dying just like loves it because like let's be real we've all had those this is the we've thing. all had those fucking moments okay this, and if you haven't if you haven't feeling sh- smug it's fuck right off for you dude it's fucking <laughs> you will shit your pants yeah and it will yeah. be an inconvenient moment and you will be paid back by the universe for your smug ass <laughs> For thinking that you were better than shitting oh. your pants. Because you're not. No one's I'm sorry. Every adult. At some point. At some point. Shits their pants. So if you haven't done it yet, you should be afraid. I feel better knowing that I did it. I've already done it. And then made a movie about it. So I shamed myself publicly as much as I need to be. I'll, I'll be absolved for the rest of my life now. Yeah, yeah you're good I'm now. Good. Yeah, I remember. You don't have to, don't have to tell your shitting. I'm not going to tell your my shitting myself stories because it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. But <laughs> thank you, thank you. When I went traveling for like um, a few months over in Thailand and Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. was like in my early 20s. Is really the first you know introduction to all of that happening, and it comes at the most inconvenient times: 12 hour <laughs> bus rides. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. So, and I remember writing emails home because at the time that was sort of how you you know. How you communicated? Everyone was like, "Could you please stop talking about your poo stories?" And I was like, "What? Like, just like this group email?" Thing. Yeah, it was a real thing that's happening, people. It was traumatic. Yeah, I need to get it out. And also, these are my tips. Yeah, <laughs> if this happens, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah how to handle? Yeah, to totally. Shame. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> especially in another country too. You know, it's not like I was five minutes away from, yeah. from your house, anything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah it was there, just yeah. sort of. You know, um, in Vietnam, when I was traveling there at the time, it was sort of, you know, you're waiting to get into the outhouse, and they really want to know if you're married. What? Yeah, it was a really big thing, and so, or if you're engaged, at least, because you're traveling alone, single female, and they really were, like, and so I would lie all the time, so so I could get into the outhouse. Wait, you can't poo? Yeah, why? Because they really, well, it was even to, like, go into restaurants or anywhere, I'm not just talking about the bathrooms, but specifically, it was, like, a conversation that always came up of, like, why are you traveling alone, where's your husband? And you needed to shit. And it was like, oh, he's not here, I'm traveling with my friend, and, you know, I gotta, gotta, whatever. Can we not justify my life? choices yeah. right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm literally shitting I'm like, myself yeah 23 it's fine guys yeah. <laughs> where's your wife why aren't you married <laughs> why isn't she standing here yeah. with you <laughs> yeah just start throwing it right back at them yeah. see how they like it you yeah. know <laughs> and then okay so how does your character deal with the fallout oh it's so in, beautiful in the movie. i think it's so beautiful <laughs> Um, well, you do what you do, right? So you go to your best friend's house and you dispose of the shitty pants. Yeah, yes, you do. Um, throw them right in the garbage. You throw them right in the garbage because yeah. at this point my character has been like caught outside of her ex's house and he's like, you know, glistening from a workout and he totally looks great. fresh and lovely. <laughs> and 
remembers a that I have left a pair of underwear at his house that his mom has washed for me and is going to give back to me and also that he bought me a vibrator because mine was like old and didn't work very well and thought it would be a great gift for me yeah which after the breakup well he bought it he brought it and then it showed up after we broke up Mm -hmm. so he's like I'm gonna go grab that for you so I'm coming I'm on my way home holding my underwear and a vibrator that my ex has bought me and then I shit my pants so we're really at like the it's a lot. There's a lot of, of layers of humiliation, and I show up at the other Jess's house, Jess Hinkson's house. Well, Jess H's house, yeah. and uh, she's like just taking care of me. Like it's that moment mm. of like a friend who you can tell them the most horrifying, humiliating story, and they will read the room. Like, is this a thing we laugh at, or is this a thing that you need mm. to like have a cry about? Mm. And I uh, kind of have more more close to a cry about it after I clean myself up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, I mean, that happens in real life. Yeah, yeah. We really, but there isn't really a conversation around that, like, with being single still in your mid to late 30s or even early 40s, or, Mm. you know, there are women single of all ages at this point in time, but you really lean in and lean on those friendships. Mm -hmm. And there's an intimacy, a real intimacy that happens within those friendships where you are holding each other in that balance Mm -hmm. and able to say, like, I see you, I've got you, and, like, I can hold you right Mm now. When there isn't a husband... um, or whoever your partner is to hold you at that point in time. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I've got you. You're going to be okay. Aww. <laughs> the friendship part was really important to us because we yeah. had all these great sex stories that were funny. Yes. Uh, but also... You wanted to ground it in some way or, or make it about... Make it about the, about the you. women about, and their yeah. relationships and how it affects yeah. them and what it's like to be a woman and, like, the embarrassing, silly, ridiculous, humiliating, awful, wonderful, sexy things that happen to you and... You process it usually through talking to your girlfriends or talking to your best friends about it. Yeah. The, the the men in the story are are secondary. Sort of, they're, they're catalysts to get our characters to the place where you sort of see who they are. Yeah, and yeah. actually speak to each other like you and I actually yeah. do. Mm-hmm. You know, that chemistry really came across. That nice. like like when you're both under the bed and you're both kind of like under a sheet, I believe, yeah. and you're just like, yeah, that that struck as like a very real grounded. A grounded in reality moment for sure, but of like your personally, you the actors like friendship for sure. Well, we should shout out Jasper Savage, who is our director, who's also a lady mm-hmm. and was a first time director. And that sheet shot was her idea, and it was a really beautiful idea because it created this sense of we we. There's a moment in the in the film where. Jess H's character throws a sheet over Jess mm-hmm. G's character and they both get underneath it and you mm-hmm. shoot underneath the sheet having this conversation. It's very intimate. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what you do when you're little girls too, you know, at a summer yeah, party exactly. and you're you're kind of whispering under the sheets and, and stuff. And so it's kind of cool that Jasper sort of circled back around from being kids to being adults mm-hmm. and recreating that sort of... Um, intimacy and friendship that happens from right from when you're kids to yeah. mm-hmm. present and it's still the same sort of um feeling it's pretty neat especially the conversation that we're having at the time because yeah. we're talking about my character terminating a pregnancy mm. and uh and you're trying to cheer me up and like make me pancakes mm-hmm. and make it okay and sort of have that moment and we always we also kind of wanted this to feel a little like a coming of age story. I mm-hmm. think that's, we've talked about that a lot because we're always coming of age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have a coming of age story of people in their late thirties for sure. Yeah, definitely. 
we aha moments drop in for us all the time throughout our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that you said that. That's super true. Because I'm, oh, there it is. Grandfather bells. That grandfather bell may lead us right into the break. After this thought, um, I'm I'm turning 35. I'm going to be 35, like, by the time this airs, for Amazing. sure. So I'm right with you. I'm right there with Welcome. you. I'm still figuring out, still all the time figuring yeah. shit out. So I like that this is kind of like, an, you know, I don't want to say older, like that we're quote unquote, like, right. like older women, but like, you know, not a prebubescent type of a coming of age story. It's like an adult woman coming of age story. Well, we, I mean, I think that, your 40s have become kind of this like golden age. Like you yeah. hear how amazing 40 is, how you're, how you're just, 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 just what, what yeah. <laughs> just raise the roof. Yeah. But you sort of like hear about that. Like that when, when a woman gets into her 40s, she just kind of like has this moment of freedom that was not really afforded to her perhaps before that. Yeah. And so the end of your 30s, She don't care anymore. No. And the end of your 30s starts to feel like <laughs> a little bit of an adolescence, a second adolescence in yes. some ways. Because like you have to make decisions that will affect the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. um, about like, do you want kids? Are you interested in having kids? Are like serious relationships? Like all these things start to sort of come into play and focus in a way that you are sort of expected to have answers for those things by the end of your 30s and mm -hmm. so i find that there's this feeling that almost is like being 17 again in mm -hmm. some ways of like i need to have my life figured out it's like yeah. oh no it's okay to not yeah and we're still on the journey and that's great yeah. and that's more real my than like are fine i get to mm. make them i don't have to explain them yeah not caring about what other people think about me myself and mm -hmm. my choices and my life yeah yeah a lot of really great women and I mean there are men too but specifically focusing on women right now mm -hmm. that I know who are in their 40s 50s 60s who are always changing always reflecting and going what do I want to do now I didn't think I was going to be here or maybe they knew they were going to be there or you know we're always evolving we're always changing mm -hmm. um and and so I just think the whole idea of that we only come of age once it's silly. is yeah. silly. It's, it's a silly idea, yeah, that was kind of placed on us when really we're always coming of age because, like I said, we're always evolving, we're always changing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. I think that's a great time to take a break. Um, so we will be right back uh, talking about the short film Jessica Jessica with Jessica Hankson and Jessica Greco. Um, Corbett and yes. Lynn. Yes! <laughs> nailed it so we'll see you in a few after some words from our sponsors bye hi everyone i want to tell you a little bit about our sponsors for this episode our first sponsor is oasis aqua lounge a sex club located right here in toronto at 231 mutual street it is a body-positive environment, and they are shame and judgment-free when it comes to pleasure and play. They're an inclusive and diverse venue, welcoming of all sexual orientations and gender identities. It's also a community hub for all sex-positive folks, educators, entertainments, and businesses. So thank you so much to Oasis Aqua Lounge for sponsoring this episode. Our second sponsor is Come As You Are. Come As You Are is an amazing sex shop that is founded here in Toronto, and it is located at comeasyouare.com. 
Come As You Are is a trans-owned, trans-operated, feminist, anti-capitalist sex shop that wants to give you the best products at the lowest price possible. And they're going to prove that to you by offering a 15% discount when you check out at comeasyouare.com using the coupon code BEDPOST. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you visit comeasyouare.com. And our third sponsor for this episode is Unicorn Collaborators. Unicorn Collaborators is a business that has been running here in Toronto for about five years by two queer unicorns. They mostly make leather goods and they make everything from collars to cuffs to thigh harnesses to boot harnesses to the regular pelvis strap on harnesses that you've come to know and love. Unicorn Collaborators is a body positive brand, which means that they make products for all body types. And if they don't have something in your size, they're happy to make a custom piece just for you. Give them an email at unicorncollaborators at gmail.com, follow them on social media, or DM them for inquiries. Again, I'd love to thank my three sponsors, Oasis Aqua Lounge, Come As You Are, and Unicorn Collaborators. And I want to thank you for listening to this episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bedpost Podcast. We're here with the stars and creators of Jessica Jessa. Nope. (laughs) Jessica Jessa? Is one of you Jessa? No. Is one of you Jessa? I would love to be Jemima Kirk from Girls, but I am not. I would volunteer. Favorite character on Girls. (laughs) We have Jessica Hinkson and Jessica Greco. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. How's your prank? I learned your middle name, so it was excellent. Elizabeth Marie. Um, Were you two always people that, like, kikied with your friends about sex? Like, that just talked about your sexual encounters to your friends? Kikied? Kiki? I never, I've never heard that term before. Oh, I think it's a drag term, actually, when drag drag queens kind of just conference yeah okay, yeah, okay. yeah 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 the conference they keep you're like sorry Kiki. i want you i want to answer that my answer is yes <laughs> yes were you the person that was like guys everybody gather around yeah and listen to my stories yes yeah yeah <laughs> i mean why not have the conversation you need to be able to talk and laugh and or cry or both at mm-hmm. the same yeah. time mm-hmm. uh and it's fun to be able to powwow back and forth with your girlfriends and have that conversation and them go, me too, or, oh, you should, I, you know, I have this story. And I think it kind of gave us permission to be able to feel okay talking about it Yeah, because of that. Yeah, for sure. Did you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I just talk too much in general. Like, I have this real sort of overshare thing about me. So, yeah, everyone's pretending to look surprised around the table. Um, Yeah, and so I've, yeah, I've always kind of overshare. I mean, there's some things you throw in the vault because you're like, this is too embarrassing. Yes, yeah, 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 right. Inevitably, you tell, like, five friends. Yeah. Um, And they 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 convince you to make a movie about it. Yeah, exactly. Or they they convince you to make a movie about it. But also, two of my very closest friends are dudes, so I would Mm. find myself sharing these stories with them, ah, uh, okay. Time. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. What? What? Uh, what do you think the difference is? Do you tell different stories to the guys than you would your no, female friends? No, or absolutely not. Is it told in a different way? Or probably, I feel like with the guys, I would maybe I would sort of frame it as like this hilarious thing, mm-hmm. where with the women, I would frame it as like I would I would give off the truth of the vulnerability of the situation, mm. perhaps a bit more. Yeah. Right. Um, but 
in either case, I would be sort of giving the goods of a situation sort yeah. of shamelessly. What's the reaction? Is there a difference in a, in the reaction between like... Yeah, the your- dudes are always completely like, they're just, they, they, they do that thing where they stay very still. They're like, I don't know how to participate. Like, am I allowed to make jokes? Am right, I allowed right. to say things? Where do we fall in this? Will you get upset? And the women usually, yeah, they're like, it's a shared experience. They either think it's hilarious... If they've if they've never experienced whatever it is, they have a thousand questions, mm-hmm. and if they have, then they have insight and advice. Yeah, I mean, I haven't always found it shared. I've found some women who I thought were friends to kind of I think because they get triggered because of their own experiences right. that mm. they're judgmental. Um, ah, that's and, an, that's an interesting point to bring up for yeah, sure. And, yeah, and hard. Uh, I'll keep it to me on me because of how they feel about what happened, you know, their own situation and which they'll admit to later, sometimes a few years later. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot of projection. And so you do have to kind of be careful about who is your sacred circle mm-hmm. when you are sharing intimate, vulnerable stories, even though they may be hilarious or sad or all of those things. It's just sort of, I've found mm-hmm. through experience that I was kind of like, Oh, that's not somebody actually I feel safe sharing with. Mm hmm. Or it's not a it's not a judge free zone, right? They're right. Not right, able right. to take a step back and be like, "Oh, this is not about me. Mm-hmm. This is about Jessica and her sharing her experience mm-hmm. right now." Yeah, and that doesn't tell you about anything you as the listener about your own experiences, you know, with the same topic or with the same mm-hmm. situation. It's yes. Like, yeah, it's your when you tell a personal story, it has nothing to do with the person you're telling it to, really. No. no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. 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 Um, and were you two, did you two have friends that also just like openly talked about sex or were you the one person that was like, oh, you're like the one slutty person in your group? I'm the one slutty person. Are you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, in the way that I'll just say, like, I'll, I'll kind of just call a spade a spade and, and say things out loud. One yeah. of my best and oldest girlfriends who um, is not in the entertainment industry at all and is is um, a brilliant but in the world sort of conservative person, we would go to the gym and I would be telling her stories. And her the thing that she says to me most often is like, why don't you tell the whole change room, Jessica? <laughs> Watch us tell the whole change room. I'm like, well, I'll never see him again. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whatever. What are you going to do about it? You yeah. don't care. And I just sort of say things. Yeah, Jess is laughing at me. I'll just say things. And I'm like, I'll never, I don't care what you think of me. Yeah, I'm the one talking about fisting in Aroma, yeah. Cafe, Aroma yeah. cafe. Yeah, yeah. Or I did my, that a week ago. My yeah. theory on blowjobs <laughs> and my, my best buddy, who's a dude, is like, can you keep your voice down? I'm like, no, I have a theory about blowjobs and I think we need to get into it yeah. since you've received blowjobs and I've given blowjobs. I feel like this is a, an exchange of information. Yeah. Yeah. So what? And also, Starbucks? don't silence me. Yes. <laughs> this is my truth. <laughs> Flips the table. Flips the table. The ice coffee. <laughs> hey, Grandpa. There we go. I really do hope it's picking up. Yep. Let's just, yep. It's vaguely like church bells, though. Yeah, I feel like church is calling us every time those bells go. I love it. Uh, oh, I was, no, I always bells. had friends who were really open. Not all of, all of my friends, obviously, but a, a lot of them who were just sort of, I was like, okay. And now I feel free to tell my story because, you know, so it was just Mm -hmm. sort of um, that and I don't know, it's fun to be able to get into the conversations and be like, but again, like, well, I have this theory and I think this and, you know, really get into it and some of them be like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I think it's so valuable to talk to your friends about sex for that exact reason. It's like putting this on the table. What do y'all think? What would you have done? What maybe... 
you know, should I do next time instead yeah. of the shit that happened? <laughs> yeah. Like, Troubleshoot this. Yeah, you, yeah. Would you? Everybody weigh in yeah. on. <laughs> what do you think? What did you do that was different? Can yeah. you give me some tips? Yeah. Because yeah. seriously. That's how we learn. Yeah. And like that's also how we bond I feel like that's a huge bonding thing as we're saying like it can be it's a very vulnerable thing to like talk about your own sexual experiences and stuff even if it's in like this uh tight-knit safe circle Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's a really that's a really lovely thing for like friends to talk about sex with each other because sex to a lot of people is super scary to talk about yeah yes yeah and it normalizes the behaviors that maybe have been stigma- stigmatized by society. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that, no. Oh, no. I, everybody's doing this. Yeah. And good it's one. okay to do this. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say that. There you yeah, go. good one. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that, and that, that's kind of what my whole deal is with doing all the bedpost stuff as well, right. is to like, just let's just get talking and like, let's make it less scary because in that way, we're all going to have... Um, you know, easier access to, you know, potential pleasure that, mm-hmm. you know, that we wouldn't have had, had access to before just out of fear yeah. and out of ignorance of not knowing about it. Um, yeah. yeah. Boom. And, and being boom, baby. Oh. <laughs> Flip the table. Yeah. Flip the table again. <laughs> you said it. Um, and I, I love uh, while the grandfather clock was going off. And Jessica Hinkson was trying to barrel through on that thought. <laughs> Jesse. Greco, you were like, oh, it's going to do the dongs. Oh, here, wait for <laughs> the, dongs. the dongs. Here's the dongs. So many dongs. And then it was like, dong. <laughs> dong. And I was like, how appropriate. So many dongs. So many dongs. You so get it? Dongs. Listen, I may have chosen that word on purpose. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm a writer. Maybe. What do you think? Maybe. <laughs> so what so far has been uh, the response to your film? Because you've had a couple screenings happening, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had a bunch, actually. Yeah? Generally, um, people are hair flip. We got so many screenings. <laughs> we have one awards. We have one awards. We've got so many screenings. People love us. Um, yeah, people. People. I don't want to say surprisingly really like it. It's just one of those things where I did think it was going to be a little more niche than it actually has turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that friends of mine have seen it. My parents have seen it several times. What do your parents think? My parents love it. My yeah. parents, like, we shot outside my parents' house. Oh, wow. Yeah, and my father is a writer. He's an advert. He was in advertising. He recently retired. But he, So I was, like, super terrified about writing something and having my father see it and, and, and you know, weigh in. My yeah. mother read the script. My father did not. So the first time he saw it... Was seeing it. Was seeing it. And I, it was the first time that I had seen it on the big screen. So it was a very stressful morning. Um, <laughs> there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on for just that morning. <laughs> A lot of feelings. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's about sex as well. And for yeah. your parents yeah. to see y'all in a sexual, like, doing sexual things and talking think, about these sexual themes. I think the important thing for me was just to let them know that it was not a biography. Like, this was not the retelling of my life story. Mm-hmm. Even though it's inspired by, well, but... Some of it was for me, but, like, I just didn't want them to... I didn't want... This was not a diary entry. And mm. so I, I wanted them to see it as a standalone piece, which it is. Mm. Um, and But they... I mean, I've been an actor for over 20 years. So yes. we've been having tough conversations about content and stuff that I've been involved with since I was a, like a 16-year-old girl. Right. So, And let's be real. The industry has put me in far more compromising positions than I've ever put myself into on screen. So mm. they are very cool with um, me just it's my work and I, and I do a good job at it and I take it very seriously. They're right. not into judging in general. Right. And are you okay to talk about like yeah. a, a, what, um, 
what types of things were you put into as like a young person in the oh, film I industry? Mean, I think that it, it very on sort of a basic level, when you're 16 in yes. film and television, yes. there is this Lolita role mm. that, um, especially in the 90s, was a big... Adam McGowan was doing it, Cronenberg mm. was doing it, like a lot of amazing tours, and so because of that, you would get these offshoot films, TV movies, television roles, things that were like... That's who you were. You were a hypersexualized 16-year-old Catholic school girl mm -hmm. or whatever it was. And so I remember distinctly reading a script and realizing that I was going to have to do a simulated sex scene and I'd never kissed a boy yet. Wow. And yeah. being in the audition room with this man who was to play my love interest who was in his mid to late 30s. And I was 15 turning 16 at the time. And, wow. and this moment being like, I'm supposed to kiss him and I didn't know what to do. You hadn't kissed anyone. I hadn't kissed and anyone. And this was yet. your first kiss. And this was, and I, I leaned out of it, and I think I didn't get the job because of it. I was screen testing, and, and Adam Ingram was producing it, and it was a very cool film, but, like, I just wasn't mature enough yet. And then being on television series and being asked to do sex scenes and negotiating with the producers about you know, they want me in my underwear, but mm -hmm. what kind of underwear am I comfortable with and how much of the sex scene will they see and mm -hmm. negotiating side boob or part of my butt and stuff like that where I was really not experienced yet to sort of be able to have a sense of comfortability on set, but these were great parts. Mm -hmm. These are the parts you want. These are the parts that propel you to interesting work and to work with great directors. And so I like it was constantly a conversation sort of with myself and with my family to sort of be like, are you guys going to be cool? And am I going to be cool? Mm -hmm. and yeah. How do you even know at that age, are you going to be cool with having shooting a scene like before you've done that ever, yeah. you know, how, how do you know, are you going to be okay with seeing your side boob? I think you just, I mean, especially the, the bravery of youth is just say, yeah, yeah, yes. I can ride that horse. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I can do that. I'll yeah, deal I'll with the fine. fallout later. I'll, I'll, it'll be okay on the day. I have to do it at some point. I'll you do know? it on the day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and really I didn't get a lot of those roles because I'm sure it just shone right through that. I was not ready to play them. Yeah. And I had an agent say to me once and, and this was actually, it's not going to sound that way, but it was great advice, but, um, that I won't work as much until I have sex. Wow. Because the roles that are geared for women that age Young women. are sexually active women who are in ownership and control of their sexuality and I just wasn't there and so she she wasn't necessarily saying go out and have sex what <laughs> she was saying was don't be so hard on yourself you're not going to book these until you have that life experience yeah because you haven't had that experience yeah. wow that's very interesting that reminds me of it's so funny I um the uh y'all know the musical Pippin not well. Not yes. well, but yes. yes. <laughs> there's a lot of like, there's a lot of sexuality and young sexuality throughout this musical. Oh. And um, my friend was in was in this musical. And for some reason, I think we just liked watching our own musicals, like the video footage of musicals we had done. Yeah. Uh, and her her film, her like a uh, filming of her production of Pippin, I had in my possession for like ten years. <laughs> and there was like some rehearsal footage mm -hmm. uh, also on this tape, this VHS. Um, and there's a one, so one number, one song where my friend was supposed to be like this siren seductress. And I, she's 15 at the time right. or 16 maybe right. at, at oldest at the time. And the director is like trying to coach her just to move her body in a sexy way and to kind of like give off that sexy energy. And she just... 
like it's it's clear as you're saying like yeah. it comes across yeah. that that she just hasn't had that life experience and it's like it's very weird to watch that like rehearsal footage of the director being like just be sexy just be like you know seduce him seduce him and sh- and and like all the women in the scene there are multiple women that come in after her kind of solo part that have to do the same thing and they're very young like boxy yeah. uh, teenagers with uh, like that have you know m- maybe some of them had not had their periods even yet mm. and it's like be seduce him like be da, da, da. be sexy, you know be what sexy. yeah and and they just have no idea yeah that's exactly what it reminds me of watching this weird rehearsal Pippin <laughs> video that but I have that's at what home. It was like. The yes. first few years in the industry, that's really what it felt like. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and did you find a um, a difference when you had that life experience and then going back into those sexy roles uh, after? Or were those sexy were those sexy I'd roles? Aged out of yeah, them. yeah, I was, yeah, um, you know. Well, I think on some level, I'd aged out of them a little bit because we obviously really, you know, put a commodity a commodity sort of thing on youth yes. in women. Um, and so, you know, 16, 17, 18, those mm-hmm. are prime, like, beauty, sexy yeah, uh, age. But when I was 19, I turned 19, I moved to New York and went to theater school with Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in separate classes, but we were in the same school and the same mm-hmm. program. And uh, that was just such a great growing up experience. I had a, a boyfriend who was older than me. I had some more sexual experience, but it was also just being on my own. I felt like I grew up a lot in that year. So when I came back, um, it wasn't even, it was absolutely that I, I could play those roles and had an understanding of those roles, but I also felt empowered to say no. Hmm. I understood where my nose were much better totally. because I knew what the experience was. And when I didn't know what the experience was, I just was going along with whatever the always male director was asking me to do. Yeah. Um, and so that made me feel completely different about the experience. It was less scary, not just because I had done it, but because I knew what my boundaries were mm-hmm. and what was authentic mm-hmm. and what was not just infantilized dude-dumb. Dude-dumb, yeah. yeah. Did you, uh, Jess Hinkson, did you... How did you feel about being portrayed, even though it's it's y'all that are uh, kind of di- yeah. that are involved in the production of this film? How did you feel about like you know ha- being in your underwear and your bra like on camera? Did you have experience God, with that? that. Uh, yeah, because you take yeah. off your shirt because he's like, yeah. uh, "Give me my shirt back!" At one point, and you're like, "Okay," and take it off and hand it to him. Yeah. How did you feel about doing that? Did you have? previous experiences uh with like nudity and being an actor and whatnot no i have not actually been nude uh, on camera mm-hmm. i've been in bed with men on camera so like simulated as jess yeah. was saying kind of simulated Under the sex sheets, scenes. that sort of stuff so pasties and a g-string yeah yeah actually yeah. not even pasties yeah, it doesn't just fail. yeah they don't especially when it's the middle of summer no. yeah um but being in my underwear actually on camera on that on that this particular shoot mm-hmm. Um, I had, it was like my second day of my cycle mm-hmm. and the dream, yeah, really. it was the, <laughs> the dream. best day, middle of July. I had horrible cramps. I like my belly was super swollen. Mm-hmm. And at one point I was actually just in my bra and panties mm-hmm. and I thought, well, you just, this is what this is right now. And you just got to embrace it. This is what this is right yeah. Because there's nothing you can do. And if anything, you know, this is relatable. Yes. As a woman yes. to another woman. And we are not always 
feeling as sexy um, as we do on other days mm-hmm. or feeling like we look our best. This is definitely not one of them, but you know what? I've just, I've got to sit in it. Mm-hmm. So there was all sorts of things going on for me body wise because of what was happening. Um, and then there were parts of me who was just sort of like, I don't care. Nice. But that could be just because I've turned 40. I was just going to say that. I'm like, is it the 40 thing? Yeah, I don't really. When I was younger, I was so consumed. And it's also, you know, I was a professional dancer for years. Mm -hmm. And so when Jess had started acting, I was still dancing six, seven days a week and Mm -hmm. in studio rehearsing and stuff. And so very much it was always about my body and how my body looked and... Um, that's your vehicle watching. for your art. Yeah. yeah that's a dancer. Yeah. yeah. And your ballet masters, everyone's concerned about what your body looks like. And I was consumed by it. And so now I'm like, I look great. I feel great. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I wish when I was younger, I knew yeah, isn't that it- how I was, was, was also wonderful and beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, and it's very interesting that usually we have like stereotypically better bodies in our twenties, right. yes. but we're more insecure about that body than we are in our like thirties, late thirties, forties, when we're okay, we're f- loving our bodies. And it's like, wow, I literally had twice <laughs> uh, uh, twice as much of a better body and was twice as much insecure about it. Yeah. But we also hadn't <laughs> really funny. grown You can't into, have both. <laughs> no, but you hadn't really grown into your body either. Yeah. You know, when right, you're 20 yeah. years old, like you still haven't really developed your hips or your breasts or, you know, for some people, their bodies do stay the same. But for most of us, they're, they're changing too. Yeah. And that's um, going to be awkward regardless if yeah. your body's changing drastically. I did not have the hips I have now that I did when I was a dancer. Grandfather. There we go. Grandfather approves. And I think too, over the past few years in terms of, again, you know, um, changing the stigmatism around women's bodies and and looks like that's really changed. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't, and because of that, I think it's given me permission to be like, no, I'm beautiful. Yes. You know, being an hourglass shape and, you know, or a pear shape or any shape shape or whatever your shape is. Yeah. Um, All bodies are good bodies. All bodies are good bodies and beautiful bodies. It's about how you feel, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's interesting when I was in college, and similarly, I was put in like a lot of sexy scenes because that's what when you're a young woman that's the type that you get slotted into Mm -hmm. and I remember wanting to wear I was doing like a couple like plays on stages um so they couldn't have seen from the audience but like anytime I had to be in my underwear I was wearing tights um like flesh colored tights underneath the underwear yeah and it's so funny my ass is like four times the size as what it was when I did that it was a child's ass yes it was a child's butt um and I felt so so, you know, just that I had cellulite or whatever, or like I needed some shape, shape wear. And I, I totally did that. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's so funny. Cause I literally like take off my clothes, like on stage all the time now. Like right now I'm wearing an outfit that, that I would, I would never have worn this 20 years ago. Never with half my ass hanging. I'm wearing a onesie, like a, like a tube top one, very short, short onesie. It's adorable. Like, yeah, looks great. You know, and yeah. like I, I could fucking ass. care less, but I tell you right now, 20 years ago would have never, would have put this on in the change room and been like, oh no. So yeah, I love that. Like in this film, it's like accurate representations of like real bodies and like like not these 
plastic porn bodies or prepubescent uh, that women was also actor bodies. Too, in terms of like the makeup yeah you yeah know, right. we didn't we really are not wearing any makeup because i didn't notice that yeah on a day-to-day basis I mean, there you are don't certain wake up with makeup on. No, well, but there are certain women who do when they do wake up, like they makeup and hair is like essential. That right. is what they do, and that, that's like, their routine. That's their, their routine. And power to them. Yes, amazing, like great. But there are also the women like ourselves who is like, I don't wear makeup yep. every day, yep. and sometimes for weeks at a time if I don't have to. And then it's, especially in the summer, Ooh. yeah, it's hilarious when I put it on because I'm like, whoa, that looks weird. Yeah, <laughs> war paint on, ready to go. Just, like, sliding down yeah. my face. I was like, I feel like a doll. Uh, so we really, you know, and again, in terms of, of being relatable, that was that was a thing where it was like, I don't want the lashes and the gloss and us mm. to be bronzed and because it's not who these women are. It's not who we are in our daily lives. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, part of wanting to do this was we didn't see this story being reflected yeah. in the media mm-hmm, in exactly. general. Yes. It exactly. didn't exist for some reason. And also this idea of, like, a sex comedy having to be one way. Like, it's so rarely you see a sex comedy told through the female gaze. Exactly, yeah. And also to kind of... It's the, the film, I like, all the power to our crew who made this look so beautiful mm-hmm. because it really does look beautiful, and that was part of what we wanted we didn't want to sacrifice stylistically making this story dreamy and beautiful and um multi-dimensional by saying well she shits her pants so that's got to be the only thing that this story has to offer is this one gross out joke and the tone is very natural and pulled back yeah in terms of delivery yeah very Um, much so and in terms of because you asked the question about like how have people reacted and stuff and you know it's interesting because i've had some feedback where i've gotten very detailed emails Mm. about how they feel and people are like whoa man this is raw it's really raw and i was like yeah life life is raw a lot of the time yeah Get ready for it. But I don't think they expect to hear that story from women. I think that yeah. that's a man's story. Is like gross, weird sex stuff, and you hang with your dudes, and you talk about the future, maybe. Like, it's this strange, like, through a male lens so much of the time. Yeah, yeah. And but I love how this film is everything. It, it's it's yeah. it's very uh, it's very much like real life. It's like the, you got the sex stuff, you got the friendship, vulnerability stuff. Uh, and you got this in your pants stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's something for everyone. Something Aaron. for everyone. And I think that's a great place to uh, to end. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. But um, All right. Can you tell uh, listeners, uh, tell everybody where we can see the film? We have Breakthroughs, Breakthroughs. Film Festival, which focuses solely on uh, female filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And I think it's um, the 15th of June 15th at 7.30 p.m. And co-presented with the Muff Society. Very nice. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And there's a Q&A that Jess and I will be at. Awesome. And then we have... (laughs) New Filmmakers in Los Angeles. Which is July... 28th. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we also have Marfa. Yeah. We're film Festival. Yeah. Yes. If We're you all the heart of Texas with this movie. Get <laughs> if ready. you all watch Lone Jill Star. Soloway's I Love Dick, you'll know Marfa, Texas. Because nice. that's where it's uh, it's all based all around that um, Marfa, Texas. But it looks like a magical festival and it's uh, July 15th that we screen there yeah. and we're going to be there for that. Okay. And it's like movies under the stars, art installations, 
all sorts of like awesomeness pool parties lovely um so that's kind of what we have at the moment do you have an online presence for jessica jessica you can tell us about yes so our website is jessica jessica the series.com because we are developing it into a web series yay um and uh for twitter it's at jj film 2017 and for instagram it's at jessica jessica the series uh, uh, f- for Twitter and Instagram, I'm Jess underscore Hinkson. Great. Yeah. And Twitter and Instagram, I'm the Jessica Greco. Oh. Sure are. Sure <laughs> yes, am. you are. Don't get confused, guys. Oh, damn. Um, what are the things I have to say? Um, first of all, if you want to uh, go to bedpost.ca, that's probably the best way to keep up with all the shows that are happening. If you're here in Toronto and want to see our stage show, we do it twice a month now. Uh, third Friday of every month at Social Capital Theatre at 8 and the last Tuesday of every month at the Super Wonder Gallery at 9. Um, if you're listening to us on iTunes or another podcasting platform to rate and review, it does a lot of good stuff for bedpost the business if you uh uh oh want to go to instagram i'm the bedpost sex show on instagram that's probably the my favorite place uh to be as far as social media so i like post a lot of fun and sexy stuff daily uh also the sonar network is the podcasting network i'm on so check out the other uh podcasts on the network and also as always a big thanks goes out to them lastly uh if you are listening to the audio podcast on a podcasting platform our original music is by steph copeland who can be found on her website stephcopelandmusic.com thank you both so much for coming and speaking with me today and uh i've had a great time i love you both yes i'm so happy that i can have a hand and help you get the the good word out about Jessica Jessica. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, and thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Uh, goodbye.